Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Wrestling With Pod. It's uh, it's me, John Gaza, and I'm here with Pastor Jeanette. Good evening. And we are uh, here to talk about last week's sermon and um, recharging our mental health and all kinds of fun uh, fun things. Uh, all religiously, spiritually, godly, all the things. Um, speaking of mental health, Pastor Jeanette, I had this thought because I'm still getting to know you as your new pastor. Do you follow football? Sort of. It's, it's okay. the best answer I can give you. I know we're in Texas. I yeah, don't dislike football, but I wouldn't say I follow it. <laughs> okay. Well, we're not going to we're not going to hold that against you even okay. though we live in Texas. Um, <laughs> yes. the reason I bring that up is because mental health is uh, a, a a big issue in football season, especially for yes. those of us who uh, because college football started last week, and I do uh, root for Baylor, uh, but Baylor didn't have a very good start opening weekend. That's what I heard. I didn't watch. But yeah, yes, I did hear that. <laughs> um, my 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 mental health usually lies with uh, what the Dallas Cowboys do, and that's usually <laughs> that's dangerous. <laughs> yeah, that's usually why it's not very good. Um, so, <laughs> shout out to all the uh, the men who are and women who listen to. Uh, follow their teams out there and yes. the spouses oh, that yes. have to put up with that. So Absolutely. <laughs> I know that uh, uh, Ellie probably doesn't like me here yelling, uh, yelling at the, at the TV during during mm-hmm. that time. But I mean, I will say, speaking of football, that I've I've been particularly impressed with um, just the NFL and their attempts to bring awareness to mental health. Mm-hmm. Uh, issues and you know mental illness and um, suicide prevention and all those kinds of things among other uh, social issues. Yeah, I, I think it's really awesome. Actually, yeah, I I think with the uh, I guess the traumatic head injuries that they mm-hmm. have that yeah. may be more of an occurrence. I don't it's know. It's a huge issue. There's a lot of studies showing a connection there. So yeah, I, I always talk to Shrina about. Um, <clears throat> About if we had a boy, we only have one girl, but if we had a boy that we probably wouldn't let him play football. Mm-hmm. I know that's also probably not something. Yeah, <laughs> here in Texas, uh, mainly be, because I, I grew up in Odessa and we were, it's pretty much a requirement that you had to play football <laughs> if you go into, went to school. So, um, yeah, I mean, just the dangerous. And so, yes. um, I think, you know, uh, mental health, mental, that's just one tiny part of it right there, yes. there's so many other uh things that are driving mental health problems you know covid which is a big one yeah it is Absolutely. Um, social media and political and yes. uh, economic anxiety and i mean yeah. there's all kinds of things so. there's so much to um create anxiety and uh you know people who don't have Um, necessarily clinical mental illness you know Mm -hmm. so uh, it's hard sometimes for us to understand those who do and how uh, you know we can say uh, this is something that um, in the church we have to be really careful about you know that we don't kind of say oh just pray and be at peace and you'll be fine when somebody's really struggling with mental illness that's just it's not that prayer doesn't help yeah prayer always helps but it isn't always enough uh, just like if you have cancer, you don't say, you know, well, just pray and don't go get treatment, right? Yeah, <laughs> or whatever yeah. illness. 
Yeah, I, I was, you know, I was joking at the beginning about mental illness, but there is a, an a actual issue of mental illness. If you have those type of issues, or even if you suspect you have them, you should probably go seek help. Yes. Um, you shouldn't just assume that praying is going to be enough. I mean, right. um, that that is something that's, that's serious, and everybody should actually, it probably wouldn't hurt everybody to go and just see a therapist and... I mean, yeah, I'll be honest. I really believe everybody needs a therapist. Yeah. <laughs> I just really do. Yeah. Uh, because it's somebody that you can talk to about things that, that with no concern that that person's uh, whatever's going on in their life is going, that you're somehow going to harm them or, you know, make their issues worse or yeah. whatever. And yeah. there's not an issue of being judged. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I think it's really healthy. And those people are trained, you know, but you need to go to a qualified, um, you know, licensed professional counselor, a therapist, psychologist, yeah. psychiatrist, people who are trained to um, diagnose mental health issues mm -hmm. and also to treat them. And depending on what's going on in your brain and in your life depends on what kind of um treatment you have going forward sometimes yeah. it's talk therapy sometimes you need medication you know so there's all kinds of things um and it's just uh i think we just need to encourage people to do that yeah and not be afraid and not be stigmatized by it there's no shame just like there's no shame in any other illness there's no shame in mental illness yeah uh, it just is i mean you know and and <clears throat> certainly there are things in our culture that increase that uh, and make it very difficult for people who struggle with those issues. And my, my mom struggled with uh, clinical depression and anxiety her entire life. And it was very difficult for her, yeah. and for all of us, actually. Yeah. But, um, you know, you just you, people need to feel free to get that treatment. Um, yeah. And they need to be encouraged to get that treatment yeah i think it's hard it's a hard line to look at and say um just like you said uh, uh, when you if you have cancer you don't just pray it away but i would also say like sometimes you're sick you feel sick and you're not really sure if you should go to the doctor mm -hmm. and yeah. then you look at google you webmd oh my goodness and then you're yes. like what how many illnesses do i have today <laughs> Um, it's, I feel like it's the same thing. It's so like, true. just go to the doctor, right? right? You, right. Know, you know, if you feel even a little yes. off, you should just go. Well, and even, you know, other um, illnesses and conditions can also create mental health issues in people. And yeah. so they may not know that they need to get some treatment. Even yeah. side effects of medications can sometimes cause that. Yeah. Um, you know, my father had Parkinson's disease. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot, as that disease progresses, there's a lot of mental health issues that go with that paranoia and mm. uh, all kinds of things. And, you know, one of the first things that the doctor told us um, as my father got into the later stages of Parkinson's is don't let him watch the news anymore. Not yeah. any kind of news because it's too anxiety provoking yeah. and his brain yeah. could not, um, you know, cannot process that the way perhaps mine could. Yeah. yeah. Although there are times mine can't either. So. <laughs> yeah. I usually have to take a break, break from that. Yes. Um, one, one good thing though, and it, it may not 
be as good as a going to a mental health therapist and not and, and I know that everybody listens probably like I'm not going to do that I don't need that mm-hmm. um, and I'm going to jump ahead a little bit but sure. we talked about this this friendship circle mm-hmm. and you talked about that on Sunday in, in the sermon and I think tr- having someone to talk to yes um, other than your spouse maybe yes. I, I think it's great to talk to your spouse but I think um, being able to talk to your pastor and I know you like to downplay a little bit but Talk to your pastor about things. Being able to have a good friend. Yes. I think as an adult, for me anyway, it's I don't have a lot of really close friends that I feel like I could talk to with right. about everything. Right. And so um, I think have trying to have find those people in your lives with that, yeah. with that friendship circle is really cool because it would. Yeah. Kind of help so I think you're gonna put the friendship circle in the in show the show notes. notes yes. Right? Yeah. So yeah. So there's. Um, there's several circles, so the way it looks, if you're able to look at it, you know, at the center is you, and then your closest circle are the people that you can't imagine your life without, you know, your besties, your family, people like that. And I'm looking at this, and the print's so small, I can't even read it. But the next one is people I am very close to and know are safe to talk to. Yeah. So, you know, that could be like your pastor, mm-hmm. um, you know, or um, in the church, maybe another member of the men's group that yeah. you attend, you know, someone that you trust and you know, I can go to them if I'm struggling with something and I can trust them yeah. to not go blab it to the whole world or, you know, I, hopefully people trust me as the pastor <laughs> that I'm not going to tell their struggles in a sermon, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> things like that. I yeah. promise I won't. Unless you tell me you would like me to, you know. <laughs> and then the next circle is people I see regularly. So, like, this particular circle was designed for youth, and so it says things like classmates and sports teammates and things like that. But we yeah. could look at it as colleagues and coworkers and um, those sorts of folks. And then the out, most outer circle is people I see but don't really know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the cashier at the 7-Eleven or uh, the person that you know, makes your coffee at the coffee shop unless you go every day. And then you might know them. They might move into an inner circle. <laughs> yeah. And one of the things that we talked about on Sunday is that uh, what we hope happens in the church is that though we come in kind of in that outer circle, as we grow together in Christ and in love of each other and love of God, mm-hmm. that we grow into the closer circles with each other Yeah. so that we have um, some trust built and, you know, trust takes time to build it. Um, you know, you learn over time whether you can trust somebody. Yeah. And then at the bottom, it says, list the names of two people you know that you can ask for help. Yeah. And I think that even just doing that one exercise and sticking that in your wallet or your pocket, mm-hmm. because in the moments when you need help, it's sometimes hard, if you're, hard for your brain to think of who to call. Yeah. Um, particularly if you're really having a mental health crisis in the moment, then your brain just isn't functioning like it normally does. Mm -hmm. So like, I mean, I'll be honest, one of my two people is my therapist. So I know that I can always call her and make an appointment if I need help. I actually see her every month or pretty close to every month, whether I need it or not. And as I always say, I always need it. (laughs) So, you know, and, um, and then the other person I listed was a very close friend who was, uh, is a retired United Methodist uh, pastor and a retired district superintendent. And mm-hmm. so she's somebody that I literally know I could say absolutely anything to, yeah. and she would help me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, 
if I needed help, I could call her any time of the day or night, and she would help me. And it's important to identify who those people are in your life because mm-hmm. there aren't that many, you know. What I, so if I came into you to you and mm-hmm. and and I you we we're talking about this friendship circle. Yeah. What advice would you give to someone that said, "I don't know that I have anybody in my inner circle or my two most inner circles"? Like, I don't, I don't know. How would I get people to be in those? Like, what, what, what? What would be some good advice to get some people? Or how do we, how do we as a church maybe get? Yeah. To be in those? So in the church, um, you know, what I would do is first. I would talk with that person and kind of get them to identify people that are in their life, period. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes, I mean, I'll be honest, when I did this exercise, I did it myself as I was working on the sermon. Because yeah. I thought, if I'm going to have other people do it, I need to do it. And yeah. there, it was hard to fill out some of these. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, and I think that's just kind of normal. So, but as, as I really thought about it and processed through, I realized, oh, I do have somebody in that category. And then I was able to put down who they are, you know. Yeah. Um, but the other thing is there may not be somebody in one of the categories. And so what that then can do is help us, uh, what I would say to somebody who was asking me is, all right, let's figure out what are some ways for you to build those, that circle. Mm-hmm. So in the church... You know, maybe you just come on Sunday and that's your whole church experience. Well, you're going to have a lot of people in the big outer circle and not so many in the closer circles, at least within the church. So maybe um, you get involved in the men's group, which is a smaller group or another small group of some kind. That's one of the things we're trying to build actually now, build back. It kind of went away with COVID. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, every church is sort of experiencing this. But we're building back that small group ministry. Because if you have a small group that you meet with regularly outside of worship so Mm -hmm. that there's um, conversation and dialogue happening, right, and relationships building, then you build trust with each other and you share your prayer concerns. And, you you know, and then when you're having a struggle, hopefully you feel like there's somebody in that group you can trust. Yeah. I hope. It's always my hope as a pastor that people will put me in the category of someone I know I can ask if I need help. Um, I know there are people who probably wouldn't put me in that category because that's life. But I hope that over time, as I build relationships with people, that they feel that they can trust me in that way. And some, of course, do. And I have lots of those conversations, (laughs) too. They they need to come to your... uh, your, is what's coffee with pastor tonight? Do you still do that? Yeah, uh, I can't remember. We have one scheduled. It's in October, I think. You know what? <laughs> also, would be good for them to come on the podcast because mm-hmm. yeah. I get to know you more every time. Yeah, I do this. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, really, I love to just um, meet with people. So that's the other thing yeah. is we don't have to wait till we're in crisis to call mm-hmm. our pastor or anyone, mm-hmm. um, but just to build relationships. So I like to just have coffee with folks or yeah. whatever. I don't, you know, you don't have to drink coffee, but, uh, or go out to lunch or just, yeah. you know, make an appointment and just come and say, I just want to get to know you. And, you know, when new people come to the church, I try to connect with them and just figure out, well, how can we get to know each other better? Yeah. Uh, because I think, and you're not going to call a stranger for help when you're in a, a difficult spot. You're sure. going to call somebody that you at least have some connection with. Yeah. So if you do, uh, and uh, this is for everybody listening, uh, call me if you want to meet at Pinewood. 
with Pastor Jeanette. Yeah. On me, because I want to go to Yes. We love really Pinewood. <laughs> they have really great coffee. And, uh, they do. I don't and have great a, music, too. Oh, yes. It's a very 80s, 70s, 80s yes. uh, vibe going. It's very enjoyable. Um, I like what you said about small groups. Now, we have a, I, me and Trina and, and the Tiedemans, Daniel yes. and Shelley, and, and a couple other, uh, another couple outside of our church. Yeah. Uh, me and... Um, that is, and I would put them in my kind of closer group. Absolutely. Um, and yeah. I hope they feel the same way. <laughs> they may be yeah. listening. Like, uh-uh. No, <laughs> but um, I I think that is that's a, a big a big part in. Yes. Um, if I so if I was listening and I have some friends in the church, maybe not close friends, but I'm like I'd like to start a small group or I'd like to be a part of a small group. Yes. Uh, what. How how do I do that? Like, how do I start a small group? What's what? What kind of advice would you give them? Um, the best thing they could do at this point would be to reach out to me. Mm-hmm. If they're in this church, if they're in another church, reach out to your pastor. Yeah. Um, or they could reach out to you. Come yeah, to our or church. reach out to come, me, come and on. we'd be happy to have you come to our yeah, church, sure. of course. <laughs> so, but they may live like in Boston or somewhere. Yeah, else. if they're listening. Yeah, I forgot people can listen all over. Yeah. yeah so, um, but yes, I mean. For now, that's where we're at. We do have um, uh, a couple of new small groups starting. Mm -hmm. So uh, we'll be reaching out and connecting with people. They can also, if they're a young family with young kids, they can reach out to Pastor Tanner. I know that he's working on creating some small groups for younger families. Um, That's uh, part of why we brought Tanner on, is we wanted to be able to have a holistic whole family ministry. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, that's... That's the way to do it, is just say, hey, I'd really like this, and, you know, I'll connect you with people, and we'll figure it out. Yeah. I think it's super important. I just think it's too, you know, for one thing, worship is very structured, and Mm -hmm. it's very kind of one way, right? Other than passing the piece, for the most part, someone up front is either talking Mm -hmm. or singing at you, right? (laughs) You're not really getting to dialogue back and forth. So uh, I would welcome anyone who wants to come to my Sunday morning Bible study group and don't be uh, intimidated at all by it, us calling it a Bible study. We do look at the Bible, and but we're not. Uh, it's a wonderful group that they're just they've really formed great relationships with each other. And yeah. gosh, we spend half our time just you know, connecting before we get into the scripture. <laughs> so is there, is there a wrong way to do a small group? And then here's the reason I asked this question mm-hmm. and Trina's probably going to kill me when she, when I <laughs> um, so we, we, when we get together, we do have some talks about spirituality, but we, you know, kind of just talk to, to each other, tell each other our problems and yeah. kind of just are there for each other and supportive. Awesome. Now I will say Mark and Jennifer have a group mm-hmm. and, um, they are doing service projects yes. <laughs> and they're building benches and, and, right. and we're like, wow, are we, are we not doing enough as a small group? <laughs> um, so what, is there a correct way to, to run a small group? Is there some, is there things that we should be doing or is it just a good place to build your spiritual and, and relationships that, that with each other? I mean, what do you think? Yeah, I think the primary purpose of a small group is for you to grow closer to God and closer to each other. So building those relationships. And then each small group kind of determines how they go about doing that. So Mm -hmm. some small groups are very focused on Bible study. Like Mm -hmm. we have a ladies Bible study that meets on Tuesday mornings. 
and their primary focus is studying the Bible. Yeah. Uh, although they do a lot of sharing of prayer concerns and a lot of, you know, and they care for each other outside of the group. Um, and other small groups like the Trammels group, they have a pattern that they follow. So one yeah. week they do Bible study, the next time, I think, I think they meet, I forget, it's either once a month or twice a month. But, mm -hmm. you know, one time they do Bible study, another time they do an outing of some kind together as families, yeah. another time they do a service project. So they, that's their pattern that mm -hmm. they follow. Yeah. Um, I like that a lot. Yeah. I think it would be a good model to follow because it uh, tracks with what, you know, what we, our vows that we take as members and disciples in the church, which mm -hmm. is... Uh, prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness. Yeah, and so they um, they focus on those things, and yeah. that's their pattern that they follow. Mm -hmm. But I would not go so far as to say there's a right or wrong way to do a small group. I okay. think whatever keeps that group focused on building the relationships of loving God and loving each other, and then you know, would it be good if if periodically go out beyond your group and and love others? Of course. But you're probably already doing that in other ways. Yeah. So if that's not part of the DNA of your group, I think yeah. that's okay. Okay. Well, that's good to know. I don't. I would. You know, shout out to the Trammels for doing some great things. But yeah, it's cool. now I don't feel yeah. so bad. For yeah, that. you should not feel bad. No. <laughs> um, okay. So um, moving on to to the, the, the visiting revisiting the sermon from mm -hmm. this week, um, and we're doing we're we're going back to mental health and and you're re, we're in a recharge series. Um, tell me about the message of your sermon this week. Tell me what you, what you wanted to communicate. Yeah, so a, a few things. One is I really wanted to communicate, and I, I said it last in our last episode, but I'm going to say it again because it's that important, hmm. that it's just really important that as a church, as the church, we send the correct message about uh, people struggling with mental health. Mm -hmm. And that correct message is, um, you know, that that uh, it's no different than any other illness. Mental illness is not sin. Mm -hmm. You know, does that mean if you have mental illness, you don't sin? Of course not, because we all know we all sin. No. That's part of why Jesus had to do what he needed to do, right? But um, but to to not stigmatize mental illness and mental health struggles in the church is just a really important thing. And I wanted to say upfront, and I did, I literally called it a disclaimer, um, to say, please, please do not hear from anything I say that, oh, if you just pray hard enough or you just had enough faith or if you just were obedient enough or if, you know, whatever, fill in the blank, all the dumb messages that the church has sent over the centuries about mental illness, yeah. um, you know, that you wouldn't have these struggles. That, yeah. That's just a lie. Yeah. It's just not the truth. And, um, <clears throat> and so that was a really important piece to me of the sermon was just to say that. And, and I want to say that, um, it, and I, without giving away somebody's privacy and sharing their personal story, but I want to say that I was, um, that I became aware of a situation where that happened to somebody who's connected to our church this mm -hmm. week. Yeah. They were in, a, in another space and um, uh, gathered with people who, um, who were Christians and, you know, and in that space, one of the leaders said to this group of people, if um, you know anybody who's struggling with suicidal thoughts or if you feel suicidal, just come to us because 
people who know Jesus don't have those feelings anymore. And that's just, can I say crap on our podcast? Yes, you may. <laughs> okay, that's just crap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's it's a lie. It's um, it's dangerous to tell people that. I mean, yeah. what if somebody sitting there literally was struggling with those kinds of thoughts? Um, they need to be told, here's where you need to reach out if yeah. you're having these thoughts. And so I know we're going to put this in the show notes, but I want to say it also. There's a mental health line, 988, that you can call. There's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, which is 1-800-273-TALK, T-A-L-K. And then there's a text that you can text to the NAMI, um, the National Association for Mental Illness Crisis Text Line, which is 741-741. So, um, you know, I think that's just really important that people know that I think it's careless at best to say those kinds of things in yeah. the church. Yeah. And, you know, um, as as you know, I mean, we have had, a, as a church family, and one of the families in our church suffered a great loss due to suicide this year. And um, and for, for them to hear things like that from the church or for um, their son's friends to hear those kinds of things is just so... It's, it's cruel. Yeah. And I, I just don't ever want to be a part of that. And so I want to make sure. So anyway, that was one thing. And then the other thing was then, um, you know, that being said, looking at maybe um, not quite that level of uh, mental struggles, but mm-hmm. just, you know, our own mental health on a daily basis and the ways that we think. Uh, so one of the things I talked about was what we call in our house, the stories we tell ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we uh, actually, we learned this from our son. And so I'm super proud of him for teaching us this, which he learned from his therapist, uh, which is if we start thinking things and we think, you know, that doesn't really, um, mesh with what I know about my mom or dad or whoever. Um, so I'm just going to check it out with them. So one of the ways we can do that is to say, you know, the story I'm telling myself right now is that you think I'm stupid or that you're angry with me because blah, 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 or whatever it is, you know. And then that gives that person an opportunity to say, oh, wow, well, that's not at all what I'm thinking. So Mm -hmm. let me try to clarify or let us talk about that or whatever. Um, So, uh, and then, and the point of that was not only to help us communicate, although obviously there's a theme running through this, right? Relationships, relationships, (laughs) relationships. but also because we have a relationship with ourselves in our head mm-hmm. and we tell ourselves stories that sometimes are very harmful to ourselves. Yeah. You know, I'm not good enough. I'm stupid. I'm lazy. I'm, you know, I'll never amount to anything, whatever it is. Oftentimes it's things that sadly we heard uh, growing up in our family of origin, but sometimes not. It's just sometimes assumptions we made. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I shared a couple of mine. Uh, from growing up the way that I grew up. One of them was that I learned to, in my head, judge and criticize everything yeah. uh, because that was how I kept myself safe. you mm-hmm. know. And the other one was just to not trust anyone. And unfortunately, part of that was I learned not to trust myself. So I couldn't trust what I identified as how I was feeling or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that led me over time to just kind of shut down my feelings altogether so that I, so that when I, the very first time I went to see a therapist and he asked me how I was feeling, I, I was completely incapable of answering that question Yeah, because I didn't know. 
you know. Yeah, sure. So, um, so that's what we talked about is, uh, so part of it is becoming aware of ourselves and where we are and how we're functioning and how mm. we're maybe not functioning as well. And then taking, bringing all of that and coming to Jesus with it. Um, you know, and when we come to Jesus with things, yes, sometimes we're by ourselves in our room, but many times we are in relationship with other people. I mean, Jesus picked 12 disciples, right? Actually yeah. more. But, you know, <laughs> the 12 that we know. Mm -hmm. And then um, and then from that came a church, right? From Peter, you know, he said on you, I'm going to, on this rock, I'm going to build my church. And so we aren't meant to do this alone. We never were meant to do it alone. And um, so, you know, when we say we come to Jesus with this, we come to each other or we come together. Um, so that's part of it. And um, so we talked about uh, the story that we used was Jesus calming the storm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the easy message in there is, hey, when life is crazy and anxiety and full with anxiety and the storms are raging, then know that Jesus is a calming present. It's all true. Yeah. <laughs> 100 yeah. percent true. But there's another piece to it, which is um, that uh, that we can, um, you know, that so the story is that they're on a boat together. It's yeah. the disciples and Jesus. Yeah. Uh, they're sailing along and there's a storm and Jesus is just snoozing through it. He's not <laughs> anxious about it at all. Yeah. And so the disciples begin to tell themselves a story like, we're going to die. <laughs> and they go to Jesus and in, in, um, Mark's version, they actually go to Jesus, wake him up and mm -hmm. say, don't you care that we're drowning? Wow. You know, and that's that kind of, they've already told themselves a story, right? Yes, like, look yeah. at him. How can he sleep through this? Yes. What a jerk, you know, and that yeah. kind of stuff. I think on the, in the sermon, I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah, I no, think no. on the sermon, you said they threw their worries onto Jesus. Voice. Yes. Yes. You, you said it that way. Now, so I was picturing like, uh, fr like frat boys, like, oh, we're going to prank Jesus and so throw water on him. <laughs> so that's what I pictured in my head when you, yeah, that, that was funny. very clear to me, but I no, like that, it. Um, yeah. So I was using a quote out of first Peter five, seven, where he says, cast all your anxiety onto him uh -huh. because he cares for you. Yeah. And that's what the disciples did. So, you know, we can laugh at them and all of that, but we also can realize they did exactly what they needed to do. They yeah. were terrified they really were in danger. Mm -hmm. It wasn't something they were just telling themselves. They actually were in danger. And they knew exactly what to do. Wake up Jesus and throw all this onto him. And yeah. they literally shouted at him, we're going to drown, you know. <laughs> and then he took care of it. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, you know, that is, is not holding on to all of that and mm -hmm. being afraid to go to someone else or to Jesus and, yeah. and, um, Express that so that you can be calmed and and move to a different space in your head uh, is a good thing. Yeah, I I think everyone and maybe I'm I'm just speaking for myself, but I think uh, most people probably have those things going on in their head, those insecurities and oh, yeah. uh, you know telling themselves those stories. I know when you were talking about that, I was like, man, I go through a lot of these things every day, and it's like a constant battle mm -hmm. and. Um, so I, I think that really helps. And, and the time when I don't have that problem is when I'm at church. Like, I don't ever think about That's good. when I approach people. Like, I'm pretty pretty much an introvert, and I don't do it a lot at church. But I, I don't feel bad if I went and talk, go up and talk to people. And, mm -hmm. Like, I don't feel like anybody's going to judge me. or And That's if I show really up in good. jeans or, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, and so I, I think that, you know, that 
is is kind of my little like sanctuary and throwing to to throwing it onto Jesus. I'm here, and I don't and I feel safe, right? It feels yeah. like my safe space. So, um, I love that. That's really what church should be. Yeah, I think it's hard though for a new person, especially sure. if they're new to church. Period. Oh yeah. For them to, um, especially. And I'm not, I don't want to sound judgmental, but especially the way with a lot of uh, Christians now are so judgmental. And I don't think anybody, I don't want to say anybody in our churches, but um, any, you know, anywhere that they're, they judge whatever it is that, that, so I think people have a hard time going to church and saying, I feel comfortable and safe and I can be myself, which is one thing I know that you said in your sermon is come as you are, right? Right. To Jesus. So um, how do we make people feel more comfortable? Well, like guests that come to church and like, and I'm going to be honest, there's times when we we have people come in and, and I, and I have thoughts and I'm like, oh, wait, that person, do I need to like, do I need to be worried about that person coming in? And and then I thought, why am I thinking that? Like, I have to stop myself, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So how can we how can we make them feel more welcome and more comforted and like safe and and you yeah. know? So what? I do. Yeah, I think um, you know, really we do, and I shouldn't say we. It's not me. It's the body. Mm-hmm. But uh, this church does such an outstanding job of that. That I hear that over and over um, from new people who have visited and they come back and they join because they just feel very welcomed here. And I think what it is, is the welcome is very authentic. Mm -hmm. It's very, um, you know, I don't know if you've ever had this experience, but I have where you go into a church and you're a new person and it's like they haven't had a visitor in 12 years and they pounce on you like you're a piece of meat, you know? (laughs) Yes, yeah. And nobody likes that feeling, right? And so... Somehow this church has um, has managed to not approach people that way when they mm-hmm. come in. And I think it's because uh, there's a level of faith and trust in God here that, you know, we're not we're not panicked about our numbers and we're yeah. not you know what I mean that like that's not our focus. Our focus is fulfilling our mission, which is loving God, loving others, and serving the world, mm-hmm. right? And so if we do that, we're going to be authentic when somebody new comes in. And we, yeah. we just want them to feel comfortable and welcomed. And like, like you said, like this is a safe space. Yeah. And I think the other piece is that, you know, you don't feel nervous or a new person wouldn't feel nervous coming in in jeans because other people are standing there in jeans. Yeah. Oftentimes the pastor is standing there in <laughs> jeans, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, just things like that. Yeah. Well, I, I bring that. I say that because growing up, growing up in Catholic church, we actually had priests that would throw people out of the church oh, if wow. you weren't dressed appropriately, oh, or if I, we had some one guy, and I'm chewing gum right now. We have one guy that was chewing gum, <laughs> and they the priest made him walk out of the church and called him out in front of in this con- and it was a big congregation, wow. and and made him throw it away. So I can see where people would be very put off and be very like Absolutely. this is not a safe space i yes. have to watch my p's and oh my q's goodness, and, yes yeah um, we don't want to be that yeah right and and yet at the same time we always want to be reverent during worship sure, but i sure. think we are yeah um but really i think authenticity is just a huge piece of it so yeah. where if we really love god we're going to be the appropriate level of reverent mm-hmm. and if we really love others we're going to be the appropriate level of warm and authentic and welcoming right? yeah and um, 
you know, that's, uh, I, I don't, I mean, different people have different philosophies. I yeah. can't even fathom in my wildest imagination asking somebody to leave and certainly not in front of other people, <laughs> yeah. but over something so ridiculous as that, you yeah. know. I mean, if someone was being dangerous or or wildly disruptive, you sure. know, that would be one thing. And we have other people to do that yeah. <laughs> if that happens. Yeah. But just, you know, and I and I do think the other thing, I think I mentioned this before too, is I try very hard to be very real with people and mm-hmm. very um, let some of my vulnerability show yeah. because I think then it sends a message to people that, oh, I c- it's okay that I'm a normal, vulnerable human too. Yes. Yeah. And I think that's really important. Yeah. Uh, you know, and as far as new people, you really have kind of two categories, right? Now more and more in, in this time where we're at, we have more people that have never been exposed to the church other than what they hear, you know, from social media or whatever, which could be positive and could be negative. But you also have this whole other population of people who are um, who've been hurt by the church mm-hmm. in some way, and so for them it's really an exercise in trust and uh, and risk yeah. to come into a church in any way to connect with us in any way, and you know, um, and so we think about that too. And I think about that, you know, my primary one of my primary things is I design worship for us. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think about that when I design worship, you know, what, what will the lyrics of this song say to somebody who's new, say to someone who's been here forever and say to someone who's been hurt. Right. And then what will, you know, our affirmation of faith, I'm very, that matters to me. What comes Mm -hmm. out in that affirmation of faith? Yes. It's important to know what we believe, but can a new person come into the church and say some of those things and say they really believe it? So yeah. I've been thinking a lot about that lately, actually. So we should do a podcast and talk we should. about I know. some of those really things. That, yeah, that would be you know, cool. Explaining those. Okay, one one last question before we wrap up because yeah. we, um, so going back to the friendship circle, uh, I, I remember you talk, talked about the outer circle, like the cashiers and things yes. like that. How do what advice would you give to us? Because um, I feel like it brings it around. Like we have this inner, like insecurity, and like I said, one of the ones I have is just talking to people in general, like the cashier or whatever. Mm-hmm. How do we get those people that may be on the outer circle to kind of move in, or at, maybe not even move in, but just show them that mm-hmm. we we care about mm-hmm. them? Because I think a lot of people are like. You know, if you are, some people say, I was one step away from doing something, you know, bad, like, like, you know, and, and they're like, somebody just said something to me and and that's what changed my, my attitude. Right. And so what, what do, what kind of advice would you give to us to like, try to figure out how to reach those outside circle people, you know? Yeah. Well, it requires some intention and mm-hmm. it requires some attention, right? Yeah. So part of it is just paying attention to those people and noticing them. Yeah. And um, we have a bad habit in our culture of um, of objectifying people. And, you know, usually when we say that word, we think of it in a sexual context yeah. and it certainly fits there. But mm-hmm. we also just objectify people in general um, yeah. a little too much in our culture. And so, you know, one of our core teachings as followers of Christ is that we're to see the image of Christ in everyone. 
And if you look at another human being, say it's the person, you know, the cashier at the coffee shop, mm-hmm. and you, you walk up and you take a moment to actually say, you know, okay, I'm going to see the image of Christ in this person. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then you just decide to pay attention. You know, what is their affect? What is the look on their face? Do they look stressed? Do they look exhausted? Do they look whatever? It can be as simple as just asking them, so how is your day going? Yeah. And sometimes people will tell you, more than you could possibly have imagined they would tell you. And, I mean, I'll give you an example. I mm-hmm. went to uh, an, a, a medical appointment last mm-hmm. week, and I ju- that's what I did. I said, so, you know, how's your day going so far? And the person shared that, um, you know, they were tired and they had another job after that they were going to go to, et cetera, et cetera. And then they were just asking me the questions they have to ask to fill out their sheet. And once yeah. they realized I was a pastor, they said, would you pray with me? And I went, Yes, <laughs> you know, yeah. and then my next thing was I need to say, okay, what do you need specifically? Is there something you'd like me to pray for? And that communicated, oh, I actually care about you and not just, oh, yeah, I'm going to do it because I'm a pastor. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. And um, I, I think that's it is yeah. just really if we really care about those people, you know, I mean, gosh, you can see this a lot in the grocery store. Mm-hmm. You know, you stand in line at the grocery store <laughs> and, and I mean, we've all experienced that. The person in front of you maybe doesn't treat that cashier so well, oh, yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know, and mm-hmm. so you go, okay, this is my opportunity to just, now, will it pull them into your inner circle? Maybe not, no. but, um, but sometimes it could. Yeah. But it, what it does do is just, you know, I mean, we're just talking about being kind, right? We're, we're talking about doing what Jesus did all no. the time. And every story about Jesus reflects this over and over. He noticed people. He saw them. He saw people that other people didn't see, that other people saw as sinners. He saw them as human. Yeah. And that's what we're supposed to do. Yeah. Maybe, it, maybe it doesn't pull them into your circle, but they feel maybe like, Yes. in part of their circle. Yes. Maybe that's the key there. Absolutely. Well, Pastor Jeanette, it's always fun and uh, enlightening for me, um, hopefully for everybody else. Is there anything else that you wanted to add about the sermon or about mental health? Um, we missed the candle this week, but that's we okay. did. I know. Light your candle now. The habit of doing Light that. your candle now, and then you can blow it out in about five seconds when we stop the podcast. <laughs> I think no. I mean, just the main thing is, you know, as we become aware of ourselves, and we then we begin to trust God and trust Jesus, yeah. and then you know we also pull in other people and trust them. And I yeah. think if we see that as a circle, uh, we can really just. You know, we will get healthier in that way, in all mm-hmm. kinds of ways, yeah. and hopefully, anyway. And mm-hmm. you know, main thing is, if you need help, don't hesitate to reach out for it. And yeah. if you're not sure if you need it, and you're wondering, do I need help? You probably do. Yeah, that's the truth. Yeah, wouldn't hurt to, to yeah. go do that because you're pretty so. sure you know pretty well when you don't, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> so if you're struggling, thinking, should I reach out? The answer is probably yes. <laughs> well, thank y'all for listening to uh, another podcast remember to uh give us a like on whatever you're listening to subscribe uh so you can get notified when we get a new um and put out a new episode and we are still looking for guests i'm hoping that the oakleys are going to be on they were supposed to be yeah. on but they're not feeling well so hopefully get better and uh, i think we've had lots of people interested but not committed yet so mm-hmm. hopefully next time we'll have a guest anyway 
Have a good evening. We'll hope you uh, tune in again next week. May the peace of Christ be with you all.